Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, welcome to a series called You. And today we're gonna talk about the personality type, the helper. Look, we love you helpers. We're glad you're here. Don't be nervous. God loves you. But I wanna start off with Jesus today, amen? Let's start off with Jesus before we get to you. So Jesus tells this story in Matthew 7, verses three through five. Listen to what Jesus says the problem is with people. Okay, and this just isn't for twos, this is for people. But if you're a two, I'm wearing camo today because your core sin is camouflaged and you're gonna need some help to see it. So in Matthew 7, verses three through five, Jesus asks a question. Why? This is a question. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye? Why is it that we have such clarity with what's wrong with everybody else? Okay. Why do we see the speck in our brother's eye, but we don't notice the log in our own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? Man, what a great picture of our world today. We have these people running around with logs in both eyes trying to help people who've got a speck. No, I can help you, I can help you. You hypocrite, that's Jesus' favorite cuss word, okay? He does, it's not positive. It's a negative word, but it's accurate. And what he means is you're fake. You're fake. That's why our vision is not to be fake with ourselves, fake with others, and fake with God. It's to be real. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. That's why this series is called you. It's not called others. It's called you. We're gonna help you get the log out of your own eye. Then Listen to this. Then, whoa, you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You're gonna be so much more helpful if you can see accurately. And that's what we're talking about in this series. How can I see myself better? And so many people today, they get, as soon as they hear the word Enneagram, they just break down. Oh my gosh, I'm not sure about its origins, okay? I wanna ask you about something else that's far less controversial. How many of you guys know what this is? Glasses. Are they, is this controversial? Is this demonic? Is this terrible? But Christians used to think they were because we didn't invent them. They didn't come from us, they came from the East. And about a thousand years ago, nobody knows where they came from. When I was a kid, I thought it was Benjamin Franklin because Americans, we think we invented everything. Okay, we love Ben, we love him, but he probably only invented bifocals, which is a fairly amazing accomplishment until you get old like me and you have to wear them. And you're like, good God, why can't I just go blind? But, but these were invented. Do you wanna know what these were called originally when Christians first saw them? Listen to this, it sounds cultic. They were called seeing stones, right? Yeah, all the Christians are like, I'm uncomfortable. You know, you're doing the cross. They were called seeing stones and the church preached against them. The church told people not to use them. Here's the problem. Priests and scribes found them very useful. <laughs> Why? Because if you were a priest and you were a scribe, you were oftentimes the only literate person in your entire town. And your job was to read very small text on very bad paper to preach the word of God to others. And so these seeing stones became essential stones in the church. So glasses help you see out. The Enneagram helps you see in. That's all it is. 
That's all it is. And I realize we're so terrified to look within. But Jesus says the problem isn't without. The problem is the log in your own eye that you can't see. You can't see. Now, here's the thing that we all need to know. 60% of human beings will need glasses at one point in their life. Some are like, I see fine. Well, get old and then call me. <laughs> I used to make fun of my friends when we'd surf. They couldn't read. They couldn't read the, 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 the bill when it comes. Like, oh, oh, oh. And now my kids are like, dad, you're so funny. I'm like, oh, 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 I can't read it. 60% of you will need glasses at some point. And you don't think it's you. You live long enough. It will be you. 100% of you. Every single one in this audience, every single one of you listening, 100% of human beings have a blind spot in each eye. That, it's a medical fact. You're like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. Here's the thing is, you've learned to adapt to that blind spot. Your brain is compensating right now as I speak, and it's trying to fill in the data that the blind spot creates. So your mind is painting a picture that you can't actually see. We all have this. Every single one of us has blind spots physically in your eyes, emotionally in your hearts, and practically in your behavior. Okay, I got a new car, man. I love my new car. I mean, I love part of her. I've named her her because the computer voice is a female from Australia. Um, <laughs> I just think Australians, no matter what they say, it sounds better, you know? I don't want a German voice. You are very wrong. You know, I'm like, oh, oh, let's chill out. You know, great turn, mate. You know, <laughs> you are so attractive. You know, I mean, it's just, but my new car has a blind spot detector. Do you know how many times I've almost been in an accident? And my car's like, well, hey, wouldn't that be helpful if God allowed us to be born with a blind spot detector? That was offensive. You hurt your wife's feelings. Your children are afraid of you. This is why you keep getting fired. But our cars are more real with themselves than we are. So all the Enneagram is, and I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, you've been on the internet, I know. And you probably have studied the Bible more than me, I know. You probably read Greek better than I do and Hebrew better than I do, but today's sin is about pride, probably not. <laughs> the Enneagram is simply a tool. You say, well, where did it come from? Well, where did glasses come from? Christians didn't invent it, but thank God for them. It's a tool that has many contributors, but really it's a list of seven deadly sins identified by Christians thousands of years ago. Seven deadly sins plus two, anger and lying. And I think any personality tool that challenges people to look at their sins is a good thing. It's a good thing. So the Enneagram is a tool that can help you identify the problem in your eye. The problem you can't see. I don't have any problems. Everybody in your life is like, yeah, you do, you do, you do. This is why relationships are so tough. And Jesus wants to change that. Jesus is looking right at you. He's looking right at me. And he's saying, why can you see Matt Brown's speck? But you can't see your log. And the problem is because your eyes point out. They point out. The Enneagram is simply a tool that can help you see, listen to this, what you might need to change. That's all. 
So we're gonna look at the two today, the helper. And like I said, I'm wearing camouflage today because this sin is the most prevalent in the church, but the hardest to see. Pride masquerades itself as helping, serving, and doing good. It's the hardest to see. And unfortunately, many of us have been in churches where the pastor, when he steps on stage and preaches, is stepping into his own sin. Pride. So Jesus, in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, just a few verses where we get just a glimpse of the life of Jesus. Jesus sees you perfectly. Jesus knows you perfectly. And these are two people that he loves, Mary and Martha. He, listen to me, he loves them both twos. He loves them. But one sees the right thing and one sees the wrong thing. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 42, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to a village, there was a woman named Martha. Isn't that interesting that God names her by name? It's not because he wants to put her down, but it's because he came to build her up. He knows you by name. Okay, you're not a number. I'm not a number two. You're you, but number two's, the, the number two might have a big influence in your life. So she welcomed her. He, she welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Now, this is extraordinary. Because if you were a woman 2,000 years ago, guess where you went to college? University nowhere. You weren't allowed to go. You weren't allowed to read. You weren't allowed to write. It was something that was exclusive for men 2,000 years ago. And here's a woman, Mary, who has the opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus with the other disciples. This is an exclusive meeting, an exclusive group. This is the green room pass, the, you know, the, 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 the exclusive party. And she gets to sit there and hear the very teaching that the disciples are getting. But Martha was distracted by a big dinner she was preparing. Now let's give Martha grace. If Jesus was coming over to your house for lunch today, you'd be a little nervous. 90% of you would get up right now. I don't care what the sermon is. You're going home because you know your house looks like the devil cleaned it. Amen? <laughs> you got to find your Bible. You don't even know where it is. You got to open it up so when he comes through the door, he sees the word of God. You and your husband are going to fight. Where's the Bible? I don't know. You should read it. You're the spiritual leader. This is your fault. Think, think about how intimidating that would be to have the creator of all things in your house. And you only know how to make potluck. I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, what does he like to eat? Oh my gosh, you know? So she's frustrated. And like a lot of twos, there, there, there's a lot of pressure that's put on you because you serve and you help when no one else will. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, <laughs> apparently she has a little one in her. Doesn't it seem unfair to you? <laughs> like, Lord, I know you're the referee, but everybody needs angles. We all have blind spots, Lord Jesus, and currently you're in human body, so maybe you can't see what I'm seeing. My sister just sits there while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me, the two's the helper. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, now listen to me, twos. Jesus loves you. He says, my dear Martha, he cares about her deeply. He says, you are worried and upset over all these details. This is what twos do. 
they worry and stress about the least important things. Remember that as we walk through this. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary, listen to this, this is why the Enneagram is so helpful, has discovered it. What are you missing today that Jesus wants you to discover? Some of you are stressing and straining about things that don't really matter. If I could go back and be a parent again, there were so many things that I stressed about that I would just let go. That I would just let go. Some of the things that I thought were the worst moments with my kids are the funniest things in my heart now. Isn't it amazing? So many of us are being robbed of our present because we emphasize and choose the wrong thing. And we wonder why we don't have the marriage we want. We wonder why we don't have the relationship with our kids that we want. It's because you're missing out. Look at what Mary chooses, Martha. Martha, Jesus loves you, but you choose the wrong thing. She has chosen correctly and listen to this and it will not be taken from her. You see, we live in a society where equality is godly. Jesus says, no, 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 I'm not gonna make things equal. She, she made a wise choice and I'm gonna bless her for it. You see, that's the scary thing about God is he allows you to experience the consequences of your stupidity. So many of you think heaven is gonna be this socialist paradise. You need to reread the gospels because rewards are handed out based upon behavior and choices. The helper. God bless you, I love you. Reflects God's heart for service. Helpers, we love you. Without sandals, without you, there's no sandals church. There's no families, there's no meals. Your house would look like a zoo. <laughs> Praise God for you. So many guys there are going, man, you're just like Martha. Man, you are an unhealthy seven and you need to listen up. <laughs> okay, you would live in filth, filth. Your children would contract diseases that we've forgotten about because you're so filthy. So praise God you married a Martha. Mark 10, 45, listen to this. Twos, helpers, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as ransom for many. You reflect the heart of Jesus. And we need you. We need you. We thank God for you. Okay, I never have to ask twos to serve at Sandals Church. They already do. The rest of you numbers, you're all praying about it. Yeah, I wonder if I should, I wonder if I should become like Jesus. It doesn't matter what I ask for. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm really gonna consider this time becoming like Jesus. We're gonna get together in our small group and we're gonna pray if we should serve like Jesus. Stop praying, get off your butt and start serving. And give our twos a break. But here's the thing, twos. You reflect God's heart for service. That's your beauty. Here's your brokenness. The underlying emotion is shame. And here's what you do. You're so convinced if you just work hard enough, you'll cover your sin. Oh, Martha, Jesus came to cover your sin. Put down the apron, put down the utensils and sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him today. Romans 10, 11 says this, listen to Paul, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him, who's him? Jesus will not be put to shame. Only Jesus can cover your shame. 
What's so wrong with our culture today is we keep telling teenagers they should never feel ashamed. And so then they have to lie about it and pretend they don't have it. What we need to tell young people is not to be afraid of shame, but to with confidence take shame to Jesus. He's the only one that can fix that. You see, every child knows the truth. There's something deeply wrong. And we lie to them. There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect the way you are. Those are lies. You're perfectly loved where you are by a perfect God who sees you and loves you as you are. But he doesn't want to keep you there. He wants to call you out from where you are and he wants to heal your shame and introduce you to the real you he knows you can be. So what does shame do? Shame is motivating you and driving you to feel loved. So this is why you work so hard. If I just serve my friends, if I just serve my family, if I just serve my husband, if I just serve my boss, I'll feel loved. No, you won't. Because what you're doing your whole life is you're auditioning for something that Christ wants to give you for free. And here's the thing too, is you will serve, 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 and people will use you and take advantage of you and walk away from you. We don't, we, don't, we, we don't serve to feel loved, we serve because we are loved. And so what's the core need? When we press down into the two, the core need is to be needed. So listen to me, moms. If you're a two, you need to really work on this because you're gonna totally lose it when your kids walk away and you don't know who you are anymore. Men, when one day they tap on your shoulder, I was watching Instagram this week, a Southwest, Southwest Airlines a stewardess said, I'm 65 years old and they're making me retire. He doesn't want to, but they're making him. Man, if he's a two, his identity is gonna be wrapped up in what he does, not in who he is. And that's gonna be really hard. And men really struggle when they come along and say, hey, it's been a good run, but we need you to go home and stay home. That's really, really hard for men. It's part of the reason I, I think we keep getting dinosaur men that are running for president. <laughs> hey, 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 it's, it's, it's been a good run. Thank you for your service in the 70s and 80s. Why don't we turn this over to a whippersnapper who's 60? I mean, because we're all gonna get to a place where we can't take questions anymore. You're like, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> but what why do politicians stay in their offices so long? They can't see themselves as anything other than the position they hold. And it's not helping them and it's not helping us. It's not. Their motivation is to feel loved. Their need, listen, their need is to be needed. If I don't do this, who am I? Who am I? I want you to know this. God doesn't need you. He does want you. Let me say that again. God does not need you. He wasn't in heaven. I'm so bored. What should we do? I know I'll create humans because that'll be fun to watch the, just the, the train wreck over and over and over again. He doesn't need you, but he does want you. And listen to me too, need is a dysfunctional relationship. And oftentimes because you feel you're unworthy of love, you really like it when kids are little because they need you. 
You have to raise them and train them up to want you because you're worthy of being wanted. I love my mom, but I don't need my diapers changed anymore. If I did, that's a problem. <laughs> Can you imagine I'm in the middle of a sermon? Potty break. <laughs> or I was like, too late. So here's your need to be needed. And listen to me, you need to be aware of this. When you go to a community group, you're not gonna fit in unless there's something for you to do. But community group is not about serving, it's about sitting at the feet of Jesus and actually discussing what you heard from God this week. And for you, it's gonna be a lot more safe to go do the dishes than it's going to be to be honest about how filthy you feel. Next, what twos do is they focus on the needs of others. That's your focus. Now that's a beautiful thing. The Bible says contribute to the needs of the saints. If you don't know who the saints are, that's me, I'm, I'm a saint. Maybe not in your eyes, but in God's eyes, I'm a saint, okay? And seek to show hospitality. We need to look for ways to care for fellow believers. And so many of you, you don't have it to, you're like, well, I serve my family, good for you, that's your job. That's what you signed up for. Serving the church is your calling. It's your calling. Jesus says, oh, you serve your family? Great, that's what sinners and tax collectors do. People in the drug cartel care for, care for their kids. They do. Well, how, how are you any different? The gospel helps you to learn to love people who aren't your biological family. You love your spiritual family and you serve them. You serve them. If you're a two, here's your core sin. And, and that's why, again, I'm wearing camo because your sin is the hardest to discover. The core sin is pride. It looks so different and it's so unique in each and every one of our lives. Obadiah is one of the most confusing books in the Bible. When you read through it, you're like, God, why is this in here? <laughs> it's really short. I read through it I probably 10 times before I finally parked in the first three verses. Obadiah's genius is in the third verse. He says this to the people of Israel. You have been deceived by your own pride. That's what pride does. It lies to you. Your pride is lying to you. Pride is what made the devil who he is and that's why he tries to deceive you. Pride says I can do this on my own. Pride says I don't need the church. Pride says I don't need help. Pride is a liar. Jesus was not prideful, Jesus was humble. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you're a two, here's what you avoid at all costs, your own needs, your own needs. Did you know that even Jesus Christ needed things? Like, are you more self-supportive and self-sustaining than Jesus? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is when Jesus asked the disciples to go steal somebody's donkey. <laughs> Just try this, go steal a car, like a Mustang, right? Cause it's a horse. And when you're driving off and the police pull up, just say, the Lord needs it. <laughs> that's, that's what Jesus tells them to say. Go and take a donkey. No one's gonna be around it. It's never been written. Just take it. Well, what do we say when we're stealing it? The Lord needs it. <laughs> okay, Jesus, you've asked us to do a lot of weird things, but 
We're going to give this one a go. But he did need it. Because the prophet said that the Messiah would come into town riding on a colt that had never been ridden. If Jesus had needs, right? He could have clapped on, clap on, and there's a donkey. <laughs> right? Hey, Siri, give me a donkey. Can you imagine how I just disrupted everybody's home, you know, at home, like all, their, all their iPhones are going crazy? Hey, Alexa, make that two donkeys. Um, the Lord needs it. Here's the thing. Martha could only see the needs of others. She could not see herself. That's the problem with your eyes. You only see what everybody else needs. Martha, do you know that the Lord Jesus can go for 40 days without eating? I think he can spend a couple hours at your house without a snack. Man, I love my parents, but every time I go to their house, they just want to feed me. Would you want something to eat? Do you want something to drink? I, didn't, I could have gone to fast food. I came over here to sit with you, mom, to sit with you, dad, to spend time with my parents. Martha, just sit down and talk. Jesus just came to your house. Can you imagine? The son of God walked in here. It's one of the craziest things if you come to Israel with me. We, I can take you to places where we know Jesus was. Wow. Wow. Church is built right over the top of houses and Martha was gonna miss out on what we would remember forever. Listen to me too. What Martha cook for Jesus? No one knows. It doesn't say because it didn't matter. None of that was important. What she needed to do was sit down and listen and then say, Jesus, I, you know, I was going to cook, so you're up. <laughs> he can do it. He did it before. You know, I don't have any fish, don't have any bread, but go in the kitchen, make yourself at home. <laughs> you know? Listen to me. If you live a life where all you do is serve others, you will burn out and give up. I see this all the time with twos at church. They serve week in, week out. Last week I asked our church, I said, look, and, and just so you, so you know, man, with COVID, it's really hard to get people to volunteer. It just is. People are afraid, people are concerned. Some people have just gotten really lazy. It's no longer a habit, it's a lifestyle. Like if you've been doing this for a year, this is the new you. You know, you haven't hit a rut. This, you are the rut. Hey! So here's the thing is, you've got to learn to say, how can I help others? But you've also got to learn to say, what do I need? So here's what happens with twos, they serve every week, they get burnt out, they leave the church, they're angry with God and they feel used by the church. People only use you when you let them. And I know it, twos, it is so hard to say no. I always feel like I have to have a reason. This week I got invited to speak during Europe, I felt bad. I felt bad to go speak to a thousand churches in England. It's my daughter's wedding. I felt guilty. What is that? My wife's like, yeah, you ain't going. You ain't going. You're gonna be right here serving. I don't care what Jesus says. You're gonna be right here. Isn't that amazing? 
And you all know what's more important, me going and speak to a bunch of people I don't know or me being there for my daughter's wedding. We have to learn to say, what do I need? And let me ask you this too, is what do you need physically? Do you know how many times I have to ask my wife to help? Now the truth is she doesn't want my help because I mess things up. <laughs> Whenever I'm cleaning, she's right behind me. She's just cleaning, <laughs> cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. I walk into my own closet. I'm a man in my own home. I walk into my own closet and it has been redone. And she's like, well, I can't find anything in here. Well, it ain't your closet. But here's the sad thing, it's always better. I'm always like, oh, that's where that is. I had six missing jackets. Now it's in a jacket section. <laughs> so listen to me too, is you know what I need. You know what I need. I need help. You wanna know why this is orange? Because I washed it myself. That's why God gave me a wife. Help me out. Keep me alive. Listen to me, twos. Quit focusing on me. Quit looking at the orange tag. What do you need physically? Listen to me, twos. You'll hug your, your kids all day long, but you need to say, Mommy needs a hug. You need to say to Daddy, Mama needs a break, or Mommy's going to hurt some people. <laughs> if you want to come home tomorrow and find these children here, I need you to physically watch them. Listen to me, if you're a mother with children under five, you have, no you have no idea how close to hell you actually are. I mean, that's why God makes them cute so we don't hurt them. I came home one day from work, all my kids are under five. I'm like, where's mom, where's mom? She's in the bathroom, not, go not using the bathroom. It was the only door in our house that locked. And the kids are banging on the door, mom! Like they've been abandoned. I'm like, she's in there. We're not a family of magicians. She didn't disappear. <laughs> but listen, sometimes you just gonna say, I need a hug. It's one of the things that always amazes me at Sandals Church. People will ask, can I hug you? To me. Like, yeah, sure. I just draw the line at kissing. I know what the Bible says. <laughs> hey, the Bible actually says, greet one another with a holy kiss. That ain't holy, don't kiss me. My first sermon I ever preached, I got done. It was a Baptist church. It was an invitation. A woman came forward, gave me a kiss right on the mouth in front of the whole church. <laughs> Just being biblical, pastor. <laughs> I was like, oh. It was awful. But how sad is that, that people have a hard time saying, hey, I need a hug. Because as twos, you're pouring out, you're pouring out, you're serving and you're serving and you're empty. And here's the thing is, I have to ask my wife multiple times, do you need help, do you need help? And she'll typically lie two or three times. Nope, 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 nope. So I have to find things I can do. How am I not gonna mess this up? Because I want the food to taste good too. And if I help too much, it won't taste good. So we don't kiss each other. That's one of the commands we, we update. Give a side hug, all right. How about this? What do I need emotionally? Some of you in your marriage, you feel worn out. You feel like, I hear this all the time from moms, especially from women, sometimes men, but I feel like I'm your maid. So what I need is, here's what I need from you emotionally. I need you to ask me how my day was. I need you to ask me what was going on. I was home all day with your crazy children that you gave me. <laughs> we need to connect emotionally. We need to talk about what's going on. 
And here's the thing I think we do as couples and friends. We talk about what happened, but we don't talk about how it made us feel. Okay, we don't need a news report. What we need is a heart report. How are you doing? Number two, what do you need spiritually? Hey, I really need prayer. This is a true story. I was at my daughter's wedding. I was stressed out of my mind. Our DJ goes to Sandals Church. I went right up to him. You should have seen his face. I go, hey, you. And the DJ was like, ah. he goes, what? And I, I, think, I don't know what he thought I was going to say, but I'm like, I need prayer from you right now over me. Pray. <laughs> true story. True story. I said, we, I, we need prayer. Stat. Stat. Make it a good one. When's the last time you told somebody, I need prayer? No wonder you're so stressed out. Next, you have a fear of being unworthy. Here's what a two says. I'm only as good as what I do. So here's what your deepest fear is. If I don't serve my friends, if I don't help my friends, if I don't show up to their, you know, their, their moving party and only two show up, let's be honest. Everybody else is like, yeah, I got, man, I was crazy busy. <laughs> We're afraid that our friends will abandon us if we don't serve them. Then they're not your friends. A real friend can hear no and be okay. Yeah, I can't do that. Your works can never cover your shame. Only the work of Jesus can on the cross. Stop trying to earn your own salvation and just say, Jesus, save me. So how can a helper be real with themselves? This is key. It's good to serve God in your family. It's good, it's good. Those are good things. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. Here's the key to's enthusiastically, not because no one else is gonna do it and I guess I gotta do it. Everybody else is lame and thank God I'm the responsible one. That's not the Lord. That's Martha. You gotta learn to say, I'm gonna do this because I feel called to do this and this is my church and this is my family and I love them and so I'm going to serve, but not at the cost of losing myself. You can't be all things to all people. Even Jesus could only be in one place at one time. Think about that. You need to serve people not so that you deserve to be loved by them. You don't deserve to be loved by God. I don't deserve to be loved by God. He loves us, listen to this, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. I don't love my wife because what she does. I don't love my children because what they do. I don't love you because of what you do. A lot of you don't serve and I still love you. I know you're praying about it. You're gonna find your ministry. I know. You've been here 10 years and the Lord's working. The Lord is working. But I love you because of who you are. Because of who you are. I love my wife because of who she is. I love my kids because they're my kids. I love my church because it's my church. It's so funny, we had, we had a baptism here a couple months ago and it was huge baptism, huge turnout. Lots of people got baptized, not a lot of people served. So Tammy and I hung out and we helped clean up the baptism. Everyone was just like watching me. What's he doing? I, I used to do everything at this church. We used to have a trailer where I went and picked it up and drove it to the church so we'd have sound equipment and chairs. You know why I quit doing that? Because I crashed it into a gas station and I almost killed myself and everybody else there. And somebody said, maybe Pastor Matt shouldn't be driving 
the rig. I had no idea. I've never driven a rig before. But somebody needed to do it, so I did. It's like, is there anybody in here that knows how to drive vehicles? Because I don't. I know how to follow Jesus, not drive things. Next, I must also spend time with God and my family. Listen, Psalm 1611, you make known the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. You see, Mary found the right thing. At the right hand of Jesus, there was pleasure forever. And Jesus is inviting you not just to serve, but to actually listen. Many of you go to church, but you never sat in church. And you're there and you're irritated because there's not enough greeters. There's not enough kids, uh, people working with kids. There's not enough people in the parking lot. There will never be enough because people are sinners and selfish. But what good is it you if you judge all the selfish people and their sin and you miss your own sin and in your pride, you don't hear a thing week after week after week when God's like, hello, hello. And you're like, Lord, your people are so selfish. He's like, I know. That's why I died to self. Why don't you join me? Next, be aware of how my pride affects the way I see others. We can be so judgmental. There's another person not serving. There's another person not helping. (laughs) You could help, you could help, you could help, you could help. Is there something wrong with your legs? Something wrong with your arms? (laughs) Looks like I see two legs, two arms. I see the same amount of legs and arms that Jesus had. <laughs> so if you have a two in your life, how can you help them? Be real with others. Or how can help, or excuse me, be real with others? How, how can you do this? Number one, you gotta say this. You gotta declare that you have needs and that's okay. Mommy cannot do this anymore! <laughs> your husband's like, wow. I didn't know that, that passion was in there. I can't do this. I can't do this. If you're the only sibling that helps and you do the dishes every year, you just say, I'm not gonna be the only one that does dishes. I'm going to teach my siblings how to participate and do dishes. There's an amazing feast and a cleanup and I'm not all of your servants. And you can invite people to help. It's okay to have needs. Paul says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do you know that the word need occurs 85 times in the Bible? You know why that is? We have needs. So here's what you have to do. You have to ask for help. Hey, can you help me with this? You're like, no, I'm just gonna get bitter. That's my strategy. I'm just gonna hate my husband, hate my kids, hate my friends. Okay, how's that working? Well, somebody's gotta do it. What, be hateful? That's Satan's job. Oh, what sin does he struggle with? Oh yeah, pride. Next, learn to confess the sin of pride. When's the last time you said, yeah, I was prideful? I was prideful. You know, Jesus said that it's easy to spot the speck in someone else's eye, but you can't see the log that's in your own. I got a good friend of mine, struggles with pride. His grandfather, he was working in the metal shop. And his grandfather said, make sure you wear goggles, protective goggles when you're working with metal because you could shoot metal in your eye. What do you think he didn't wear? Goggles. What do you think happened? Shot a piece of metal, bam, straight in his eye. Guess what he did? Do you think he went and asked for assistance? 
Do you think he said, Grandfather, I have not listened to your wisdom and I have sinned against thee. Could you please immediately take me to a hospital? I'm in need of medical care. This is what my friend did. My friend went into the bathroom because he didn't want help and he pulled the metal out of his own eye. He told me that story over lunch. <laughs> Here's the thing that's so funny. He thinks he's fixed the problem. No one's gonna notice. You got stabbed in the eye. So he goes and sees his grandparents and they're like, what happened to your eye? Nothing, why? Uh, it's bleeding, right? And that's just somebody, I don't need the Enneagram, I'm gonna get this out myself. Here's how a helper can be real with God. Listen to this. Who I am comes from God's love, not from what I do. Let me say that again. Who I am comes from God's love, not from what I do. Listen to this. God will help if I ask. The Lord's just watching some of you. Let's see. Yeah. I think she's going to drown. What, what do you think? Yeah. Pretty sure. You want help? No? Okay, go ahead. How's, how's the salt water taste? Yeah. Right? I got this. Blah, blah, blah. Psalms 86.5. Oh, Lord, you are so good and so ready to forgive. So full of unfailing love for all who what? Ask for your help. I don't need religion. It's a crutch. Yeah, you got two broken legs. So pray this. God, help me to ask for help. Never be ashamed of having needs. I know, but the ladies on Instagram, they do it all. It's a lie. It's a lie. God, help me to see needs from your perspective. God, when do you want me to help? When do you want me to participate? And listen to this last one. God, help me to depend upon you. All right, I gotta hurry up because you're listening slow. Here we go. How, how to love a helper. Notice and thank them for their service. I don't know if you watched the enemy, the enemy. Woo, that was a Freudian slip. The Emmy Awards last week. <laughs> I promise you, I, I didn't mean to say enemy. Maybe that was the Holy Spirit. I don't know. <laughs> but I watched the enemy. Emmy Awards last week, and wasn't it interesting that only the help had masks on? The celebrities don't need them, but the help, the little people. You know why that is in our culture? We don't value service. We worship a servant. We need to thank and appreciate servants. When you pick up your kid today, you know the children's ministry that you've never served in, you've never been beyond the door, your kid probably pooped on themselves, others, and if possible, God. <laughs> you might have, you, we might have had a three diaper, you know, five alarm fire in there. <laughs> Would you say thank you instead of being irritated because they can't find your kid because he's running around like a terrorist? <laughs> Would you say thank you? Thank you. Thank the greeters that come to church that show up to help you find where you need to go. Thank the people that help you park instead of, you're number one, you know. <laughs> Thank them. Thank you for serving. Thank all the people who make sure that you can watch this video, that you can hear this music. Oh, it's too loud. Well, maybe you should help. Bring the volume down. No, I think complaining is, is the Christian thing to do. 
Here's the thing. Have a two say, what's the one thing I can do for you? One thing, and watch them squirm. Watch them squirm. I just hover around my wife. Okay, I'm going to be right here. Somebody like, well, I asked once in 1984, and she said no. I just ask and I hover because I know she'll be bitter. I know it. I know she's going to be like, well, I wanted you to be more creative in the way that you asked. So I just, I just kind of just like hover. You know, I touch her repeatedly so she knows I'm still there. <laughs> Try to stay out of the way. You know? Listen to this. Here's why we need to serve. Because I'm not serving you, I'm serving my God. I'm serving my God. That's why you need to serve at church. You're not greeting, you're not working in kids ministry, you're not helping with production, you're not parking cars. You're serving God. It's a beautiful thing. Next, invite them over when you don't need something done. They're gonna freak out. <laughs> hey, we're just gonna hang out. Oh, oh. Just invite them over. I have a friend who's a two, his name's Tim. I said, come on over. What are we gonna do? I said, no, no, we'll drink a beer, which is hilarious. I can't drink beer because I'm allergic to gluten. Hey, God made me fragile. <laughs> don't make fun of me. I said, you drink a beer, I'll watch. I'll help you open it. Next, ask, ask them to stop and tell you how their time with God and family is going. You see, some of you, you servants, you got a boat, you got a house, you got a big yard, so you could spend t more time with your family, but those things take time away from your family. So pray about it. And let's close with this. If you're a two, God loves you, I love you, but how are you connecting with God and others? I know you're serving, but don't spend your life like Martha, missing out on the greatest moment of Mary's life. If you're not careful, not only will you miss the moment, but you'll make others miss it to serve. Don't miss out on this. God loves you. I love you. We appreciate your service and we love you, but we also want to know you. We also want to experience you. We also want to enjoy you because you are God's gift to us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that you would just open our eyes to where pride has infected us, regardless of our number or where we identify ourselves as. And God, take this pride away. Help us to be as real as we possibly can with ourselves, with one another, and God with you. Bring healing in our life and help us to see that God, we are loved, not because of what we do, but because of what you've done for us. We pray this in Jesus' holy name, amen.